Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate abner mares is a world champion boxer olympian sports commentator and most importantly dad to two little girls Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man that he is. They'll chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, and being a husband and a girl dad, which is pretty rad. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. Hi, this is Ruben off his cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, joined by Nick and Dan. I almost <laughs> said my own name. That would have been kind of funny. Uh, I'm in my own head right now. If you haven't till been been able to keep up with that in the, in the Discord. Uh, I've had some struggles recently. I got a lot on my plate trying to work through this. Obviously, the election last night for all of you uh, American-based listeners or Americans abroad. Jay, I know you're uh, very you know, everyone. Yeah, everyone there. And my, then uh, to the rest of you who just uh, look at world's hum- fate, you know, based on what happens. So I and, know Andy Saunders was up at four in the morning, live tweeting the election with me, and I was like, "Huh, Andy, yeah. it's a bold strategy." Our boy uh, Ollie Glanville was uh, DMing back and forth with me all night. Well, Ollie, <laughs> Ollie, Ollie, Ollie doesn't putting, sleep anyway. Yeah, so we're worried about you, homie. We're worried <laughs> we about a, you. We gotta have a talk. So look, I apologize. It was a uh, a bit of a loose intro, uh, but like I said, we got a lot going on right now. Um, but we are gonna bring it home uh, to Chelsea, which is a unifying grace in all of our lives, thankfully. Uh, and we have a lot of joyful things to talk about. Um, but we'll see if I can poke some holes and ruin it a little bit just for fun. So uh, kicking it off, as we always do, is the three-word match review. Dan, over to you, sir. We had some good ones. There there were a lot of, unsurprisingly, VAR-related puns, which, you know, uh, Nick enjoys a good pun. So uh, we'll, we'll go through a few of those there. Uh, I mean, we did have the wasted VAR credits because we have talked about getting penalties. It is a loyalty program from from Daniel, so it's a, it's you gotta, a good one. You got to use those on Manchester United. You don't use those on Wren. <laughs> What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know the wrong place to pop that quarter in the in the slot. Um, 
AJ Heston with very varbitrary victory. Alliteration and punnery. Well done. Uh, Def Duck's daddy with Dem Bavar, which gets in gets in the situation with Manchester United today, in Yikes. addition to our game. Uh, a little bit of a stretch, yeah. but I like it. Wolex with Var Var Voom. Uh, C- CFC Keith with var, uh, var- Variation on a Theme. So those were, uh, I think, very arbitrary. How did you stop at the best one? Ed Wall-Mendy's distribution. I didn't even... Okay, there's a, there's a, there's a pivot point. So I the like, other half... I really there's a pivot. Really delay. Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> delay. There were also people talking about the fact that, you know, we started keeping clean sheets now. So uh, Saif had Ed Wall-Mendy's distribution... Our friend Dean Mears with never conceding again. And uh, I think my favorite, my favorite was Josh with the uh, clean sheets. She, which was the ode to the wire and uh, the the gif in it as well. So I think those are all, I mean, that was good. You know, there there was themes. There were themes this week uh, in this match that, you know, everyone kind of played off of, which is good. Uh, AJ Heston, very arbitrary victory. You get my vote. Yeah. I mean, take that and cash cool. that check. See how far it gets you. Cool, AJ. Brandon. Thanks for all the excitement. <laughs> really good radio you're doing there. Whole poked. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have our own three-word uh, match we use as well. Nick, uh, you know, since I picked on you, I guess I'll let you go first. Count the goals. Okay. Count the goals. There are two different ways you could read this, and I won't spell it out for you. You figure it out yourself. Wow. Okay. Dan, over to you. Gifts from UEFA. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, They're notorious could, for giving us just special gifts. Those guys. I mean, t- typically they're the uh, the flaming pile of poop on the front of our doorstep at Sanford Bridge. But this one was actually like it was wrapped. It was packaged and it was something we enjoyed. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. So like they have the camera angle watching the referee watch the replays, which is a caution if a player does it. But apparently the rest of the world can happily do it. <laughs> and he's like nodding along. And I'm like, what are you nodding at? And he like walks out and was like, yeah, here we go. Pen, yellow, red. And I'm just like, Whoa what like i even texted in the group chat i was like that's harsh like you feel bad for for him but uh at the end of the day you take what you can get because it doesn't ha- this doesn't have often uh anyways mine's rotation troubles looming question mark uh i just a lot of minutes on a lot of these guys like yeah. chill well and uh and um i'm, I'm not Averts because he's out we'll talk about that but uh verner um, but, you know, just Zuma. There's just some guys, again, that have played a lot of minutes. And at some point, you know, they're going to need a break. So we'll, we'll get into that. So, again, me poking holes in the in the parade. But what we're going to talk about digging into this episode is a, a bladed treat from UEFA of not one, but two penalties and a sending off of a player to make it easy work for Chelsea. And the front three, which was made up of one Tammy Abraham, a team of Vernon, Ockham, Ziyech. And we'll discuss Chelsea's improved defense I don't know how much better it is. This is the seventh clean sheet of the season. Uh, but we'll continue to talk about how they're doing the business. And if Frank finally has his back five settled, I'm glad I'm teaching you guys that a goalkeeper is included. You should stop leaving us out. Uh, then we'll look at the group and we'll figure out how Chelsea look for knockout qualifications. We'll probably look at some 538 projections. Um, hopefully that's not too soon to use them as a source. So No, definitely not tough. using them tonight. <laughs> a tough, week for, tough week for all 538. Um, all right. Well, hey, quick, uh, quick shots of gratitude. You have earned it if you're on this list. Michael, Mark, welcome back. Uh, Louis, Louis, Perry, Gordon, 
<laughs> Jordan and Jordan. Oh, it rhymed and I wasn't ready for that. Anyways, thank you all for joining the Patreon and hanging out in the Discord. A lot of you got in today for the game and it was hopping. So glad to have you on board. Dan, over to you for the the five stars. Yeah, lots of Apple podcast reviews, which we always appreciate. Five star love from a couple of you. Sea Fish, Southie69, Parak1893, and Jesso14. All with five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't done it before, do it now. It helps people, uh, other Chelsea listeners, uh, find our podcast when they're searching you know, Chelsea or London or Premier League in Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, a different call to action now that November 3rd is come and gone. Yes. Um, I, if I told you to vote now... <laughs> Boy, would that be some conspiracy P- stuff. Playing into the narrative. <laughs> um, instead, I will talk to, about our uh, our 500th episode celebration that we're doing, which is pretty cool. Uh, we've already received a bunch of these, so thank you to the folks who have done this already. But if you want to send us a voice message or a tweet or an email or whatever, uh, we would love to know what your favorite moment, episode, catchphrase, we'll get you the win. Um uh, is over the 500 episodes that we've done over the last six and a half years. It's absolutely crazy that a lot of you have been with us since the very, very first season, and we're just incredibly grateful. To pay off your effort, we are offering five to five individual winners, five Nike Vapor Kits, color, uh, so home away or third, and player of your choice. So completely flexible. We're not pre-buying these. This is going to be a custom thing from us to you. Just as a way to say thank you, a little five action going on with the 500th episode. Uh, we love you guys. You're amazing. Thank you. I know. I'm not as bold as Nick to go get the third kit. Instead, I got the Champions League jacket, the the player the player jacket. So this is me kind of dipping my toe into that Air Max themed. I like, by the way, the, the third kit is so much better in person. Uh-huh. I, I look good. Everyone knows that. But today I'm rocking the uh, the 1987 home, and I'm going to get this thing hit with Pat Nevin on the back. That's what I've committed to do. Nice, my my boy Pat. Mm. All right, all right. Well, that's um, the first uh, good decision you made on this individual episode. So congratulations. I'll have to I'll have to throw you my. I got some some swag in the mail today, and I did get a Tamori Away kit, which is it just felt right. Anyways, we can get in that later. We got a match to review, and it was. Renez from Liga Un. Just kidding. Ren. Uh, Liga. I, I, I think it's an interesting team that we have a lot of history with randomly, right? Obviously, the Petr Cech and now uh, Edouard Mendy. Um, so, Thanks, you know, plenty for the, <laughs> yeah, plenty for the, uh, the commentators to talk about, especially as Petr Cech is in attendance. And how many times did they say he was rostered? I, I can't remember as Kepa sat there in jeans and a jacket. Um, did but it was. You- did you, Brandon, catch the interview he did on the sidelines where he talked about how many goalkeepers he scouted after arriving at the club? I didn't. He talked about, yeah, maybe I looked at 30 or 40 or 50 different goalkeepers <laughs> since I've joined the club. Good. Whoa. Doing his job. And and Edouard, you to one, baby. You to Ed one. Wall. Ed Wall. Yeah. Paul Wall. Only has Ed eyes Wall. for you. Ed, Ed's now affectionately known as Ed Wall Mendy. Um, all right, it was Champions League uh, this past Wednesday, November 4th at Stanford Bridge, Chelsea 3, Red and Nil. Um, great predictions here. Uh, if we if we just go into that right away, I, I uh, uh, oh yeah, we had a couple penalties. First half, uh, brace for Timo Werner officially announced as the uh, 
the first choice penalty taker by Frank, two good pens. Uh, then Tammy Abraham getting uh, mm-hmm. the third in the 50th minute. So uh, good to see him on the score sheet. Giroux probably should have been on there too. So anyways, um, but yeah, I had, a, I had another brilliant score prediction. I mean, what did you guys have? Wow. That's, um, right. that's I, great. I've told y'all on the sacrificial lamb, I'm going to continue to predict our opponents scoring against us. And we're going to continue to host clean sheets because of it. And look, I am a giver. A it's martyr. what I do. You're a martyr. It's what I do. Appreciate your sacrifice. I, 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 I did have a 2-0 victory, so I, I don't feel too bad. Oh. I'm, I'm always happy if they, they score more and beat my projections. So that's fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, now you know. You can't all beat you, Brandon. Now I felt when <laughs> Chelsea went and scored four irresponsibly last week. Uh, all right, Dan. I have won this season. <laughs> <laughs> run, run us through said lineup. All right. Well, this is from UEFA directly. And uh, we had Mendy between the sticks, Reese James, Thiago Silva, Kurt Zuma, and Chilwell as the back five. A midfield pairing of Jorginho, Conte, and Mount. <laughs> it played like a three. It was it was much more of a four three three than it was a four two three. Yeah, this 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 has as a the the four two three one. Um, then Werner, Abraham, and Ziyech as what I would declare to be a front three. Substitutes included because it is a larger bench in the Champions League and five substitutes are allowed over three individual substitute time frames in the match. Emerson, Azpilicueta, Calum Hudson-Odoi, Olivier Giroud, Mateo Kovacic, Kyle Tomori, Andreas Christensen, Marcus Alonso, Antonio Rudiger, Carlo Zeiger, and Willy Caballero. Emerson, Giroud, Kovacic, Rudiger, and Calum Hudson-Odoi were the used substitutes and... Unavailable for this match was Kai Havertz, who did get diagnosed with COVID-19. He is isolating, and uh, we as a group wish him a fast and speedy and safe recovery and hope everything goes okay with that. Contrary to early tweets saying otherwise, uh, that's what you get for winning the race to being first. Uh, Fortunately, he wasn't just ill. It was the COVID. So hopefully it doesn't hit him hard. Hopefully he recovers quickly. Uh, but it's something to pay attention to. He's been in the squad. He's obviously been in contact with a lot of these other players. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into something. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, it's as as fun as it is to talk about Petr Cech playing. We really don't want to be in that situation. We really don't. Nope. So, uh, top line stats from this match: Chelsea with fifty seven percent possession. We had eight shots more on target to their seven shots two on target. They had three corners to our two. We had nine tackles to their five and four offsides to their three. We had four cautions. They had a yellow card and a red card. Obviously, a second caution for that one. Um, it's kind of funny. I don't. I think it was in our group chat. Yeah, where I was, I was laughing about expected goals, Dan, wasn't I? And, and just how Chelsea mm-hmm. is breaking this this statistical uh, line. Well, item. It's, it's given it the the Bane and Batman treatment. It is absolutely. We are breaking the back of expected goals this season. Uh, we are at two point nine eight. How do you feel? <laughs> Uh, um, so Chelsea had 2.98 including two penalties to Ren with 0.6 so Chelsea doing the business getting it done and outperforming once again our expected goal total again breaking the system we're because I mean we're the opposite last year right it was oh we're expecting to score three and we got shut out story story of last season so uh, it's it's just an enjoyable thing to take in uh, while we can, but uh, let's get into a little bit of VAR and attackers. So obviously VAR had a heavy hand in this one. You would have liked to think Chelsea could have handled the business. I don't know. They weren't looking a hundred percent at it today, but 
you know, a lot, a lot to be discussed because they're quite, quite tired, I thought. But apparently we redeemed all of our points. Apparently we took the tickets to the desk and cashed in and got some prizes. Uh, at Nisar Kinsella, friend of the pod, with quotes after the match from the Ren manager saying, quote, if the rule has changed and we are unaware, but I don't know why he gave handball for this. When you give a second yellow, it kills the game. It is over. They review, checked it, and made a decision, but why check it and not handball from Zuma? Question mark, end quote. Uh, Lampard, uh, Naz with the quotes from Lampard saying he felt the decision was within the UCL rules for the second penalty, but adds, quote, if I was the manager of Ren, I, would, I wouldn't be happy either, end quote. Uh, you know, fair from fair from Lamps on that one, Nick. Obviously, you know, it, it heavily favored us and Chelsea. You know, I saw it in real time. Like, I get it that it hit his hand, but I think the ball was going away from goal. And it just, it, it, was, it was brutal for, for that player specifically because he literally, two pens, two cautions, game over, early shower. Yeah, I mean, super, super harsh. I mean, part, part of me, like, if you watch the replay, Tammy hit that thing so hard. It went off his shin. Mm-hmm. It went off mm-hmm. um what's the what's the player's name? Sorry, I forgot him. Yeah, I couldn't think of it either. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. Dalbert. Dalbert. Dalbert yeah. probably Dalbert, is French. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not uh, Dalbert. <laughs> Dalbert. Uh freaking Dalbert. Uh no, I I think it was incredibly harsh. The re- the referee mm-hmm. had a a really difficult first half and I think when he went to go look at the replay monitor which is the right thing to do if there's a question like i applaud him and i wish more premier league referees would go to the freaking monitor and look at it themselves and make the call themselves um i think he just saw that the hand was above the shoulder and you know i i but i don't i don't know if he took into account enough dan the the deflection off the shin the second yellow was was super super harsh especially considering the first foul is likely not a yellow, just to be honest. Like, Yeah, I, I think the general consensus from every Chelsea supporter we were talking with in, in our group uh, and after the match, and you know, you look at the quotes from both Lampard and, and the manager for Wren, everyone seemed to agree that it was a harsh decision. It would be one that you would be pissed going against you if that was the only reason why they lost the game. Uh, I mean, there was another decision that, you know, was a little bit more clean cut with Timo getting tripped in the box. So, you know, already we were up one. Ren didn't manufacture much of anything before the player was sent off. So I, I don't know if the end result would have changed much if the player had stayed on. But it just creates a narrative. And, and you can't walk away now feeling as good about that victory, even though it is three points, even though it means that we are dominating in our Champions League group. It, it taints it just just a little bit, and I, I think that it's right to call out Brandon the fact that you know, look, that that ball did hit Zuma's hand slash arm, and yep. just because it was close to the body, you know, you could have seen a penalty be given for that one too. So I think we got lucky on both ends of the pitch today. Well, if the rule is if it touches a hand at all, it's a penalty. I mean, like, it's so impossible. Your point blank. He's stretching. You know, he's trying to get in front of the shot. Like, he has no control where the ball goes, well, you he's, know? He's jumping, too. The, the thing... Right. Like, I, but I know he's jumping right. The, the ball the, went left. In in the freeze frame, you're going to see his hands above his head. Mm-hmm. But that's not the whole motion, right? You're not getting the full story with that freeze frame. And it's like, look, I, I don't want to spend the entire show making excuses for Dalbert. 
or Dalbert. Um, he'll he'll be Dalbert until he until he makes up for his errors today. But I, I just I think uh, Stefan, uh, who who is the manager of Ren, should feel aggrieved. I mean, th- when you go down to ten men in a Champions League group stage game, you're basically toast. I mean, the teams are too good at this level, and Chelsea put it away, and and it was cruise control from there. But that those three goals and two of them coming by penalty could really do Ren in if there's some sort of fluky thing between them and Sevilla, right? Like, th- so he's not just looking at this match, which which I think most neutral observers would say that Chelsea were kind of com- you know really comfortable in before the setting off. He's looking at the next few to go like, how am I going to get points? How am I going to make up this goal differential? You know, and and I think it was a little harsh on that front, but they're going to have to go do the business now, flat out. Obviously, sitting sitting pretty, uh, taking care of the business. Um, I you know, I, like I said, when we just talk about the attack, like most of it, you know, was around these two penalties, and you know, J five was on the pitch, saw the referee point to the spot, got a little interested in what was going to happen. I don't even think he stepped inside the box. I think he firmly planted himself outside of the D and and knew his role. Because Dan, as you like to call him, Timo Werner Werner, he's our new pen. He's our new (laughs) pen guy. It's official. Naz Naz confirmed Lampard said it. And what a weird time to do it right before the match as you're walking on the pitch. Like, Lampard, like... Have a chat the day before, you psycho. <laughs> like he's they're they're entering the pitch at the same time. It's like, oh hey, Timo, hey, the, the job's yours. <laughs> it's like, it's like let me unsettle you real quickly. So here's the quote from Naz: uh, "Quote, Jorginho doesn't care who takes them, but he just wants them to score." Now Timo takes them, and he is our taker. And quote, it's like a Bible verse <laughs> the way that reads. And and Sir Frank Lampard said on the third, third day of the week. I do declare that Timo Werner is our new penalty taker. Well, and then we saw a quote from somewhere else that said, like, it was literally like they were on the pitch, and he was like, and George was like, yeah, 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 Gaffer, I just want to play. I don't care who takes the penalty. He's like, just just put me in. He's like, whatever. <laughs> Happy to have the minutes, coach. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so I think there's there's two interesting things to me. One, you know, I, I have a, a long-term history on our show of, mocking Aguero's golden boot for being sure stat do. padded with penalties. Uh, and I, I will continue to hold firm that it definitely is a bit of a stat pad. However, I enjoy, I, I enjoy a striker taking penalties and I enjoy a, a pen, penalty taker who shoots with power and is not doing something like Jorginho does, which is a, a hop, skip, a weird type of maneuver, a slow roll, I, I don't. I just want you to walk up and blast it. And I actually think Timo got a little lucky on that first one, Nick. Mm-hmm. But the second one was absolutely lights out. A little, little higher up. Never was gonna. You know, the keeper was never getting to that one. And I actually think you know that was maybe. I don't know. Timo got lucky on the first one, and then he got a chance to do a better job on the second one. You don't care as long as it goes in. Stop criticizing the technique. Uh, he he did get pretty. I mean, the goalkeeper got a hand to the first one, and it just yeah. he didn't get a strong enough hand to it. But the second one, I think he was uh, going to leave no doubt about that one. I think he was going to mm-hmm. put a stamp on that thing. And he's, I, I would say that that penalty, and I don't know how you feel about it as a goalkeeper, Brandon. The second penalty, I feel like, would be the hardest penalty in the world to stop 
because even if you make the right dive and the goalkeeper did the pace and height of it, I don't think the arm does that naturally to like get up that high. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that's just, it's like the perfect penalty. Um, yeah. I mean the, the perfect penalty I'm going to continue to be facetious is the one that goes in. Doesn't care if you hop, skip, doesn't care if you blast it. As long as it goes in, it goes in. To your question about a goalkeeper's perspective, cool. look, the low and hard is is it's tough. Like it's because he got a touch, but he just pushed it into the side netting. Um, they usually say, like from a goalkeeper's perspective, my job is to cover everything but one yard inside each post. So from a penalty kick taker, as long as you bury it within a yard of the post, like a goalkeeper should have no chance about it. The second one is tough to your point, but what gives you a bit of a chance is that it is coming with such velocity. You just have to get a little touch up and it's probably hitting crossbar down and out. Um, but you have to have a lot of arm strength cause that ball is moving with like, he smashed it. And for you to not like lose your arm <laughs> as it goes backwards. Um, it's like a, it's a weird set of muscles in your back and your arm and kind of chest to hold it forward. So, um, but both, both great penalties, you know, he, he struck him with confidence, which is what you want to see. Sure. Um, run up. A little little Drogba Munich run up, yep. just a little one step and bam. Yep, I, you know that's tough for goalkeeper to read. You gotta try to look at their hips and their plant leg. Um, he doesn't give you a lot of time to see. And um, you know the other thing is he he hits it with pace. Like Jorginho, goalkeepers are starting to wait. Right, uh, Timo went the same way twice. Uh, credit to the goalkeeper for going the right way both times. Um, I, so I look well done. He he knew what he wanted to do both times. He's nothing short of confidence. The problem now, Dan, is you just have to sit here and deal with the fact that Timo Werner scored six goals in his last eleven games, and damn near all of them are from the penalty spot. Like, what is this talismanic oh. goalkeeper or, or striking player? What's what's going on? Oh, I mean the the goals against uh, what was it Southampton uh, were definitely not from the penalty spot, and you know, nice look, I. I yeah, I mean, there's, there's two of them. But I mean, he's also earning the penalty, too, which I think is is good. He's getting into dangerous positions, and he's going to end up converting in high fashion. I, I think, you know, with this this game actually, you know, as much as it's unfortunate for the reason why he missed out, this game getting to see, like, Timo and Havertz playing together would have been really fun, particularly building off of what we saw with the preferred midfield three with two attacking eights uh, with Conte at the base versus the Jorginho base of this, which was a little, just made it all a little bit slower than, uh, than what we saw. Yeah. I, I would quickly add like when you, when you think of Timo and you think of the way that Pulisic was after the restart, they're so quick with their movement in the box that it's like, they just suck the defender into making a stupid decision. And like the little flick, you know, if, if you notice what Timo did today, he actually is when he won the penalty, his first touch was pretty heavy, but he caught up to it. And then he made just a slight little touch. And that was all he needed because the defender was just way overcommitted at that point. And so like if, if you know, thinking about him and Pulisic on the field eventually together, hopefully to your God, um, there just is a nightmare potentially for a, you know, opposition defenses, especially if they're sitting in the box, you know, waiting for a shot. Yeah, it's a big uh, English and German uh, hybrid we've got going on in, in foot team with your chemistry and playing your cards, right? Pulisic is the one that kind of <laughs> connects Averts and Timo to the to the English core a little bit. 
Um, but it, it's, 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 you know, I'm excited to see Dan change his perspectives in real time on this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> you know, apparently if you draw the penalty, it's okay to score it. So, so it's I still guess a the, the Cunaguero like... campaign is over, huh, Dan? Well, I mean, Cunaguero needs to start scoring in the velocity that Timo is, and then we could talk about it again. Poor guy's injured. Old man syndrome. I hear you. All right. Hey, Nick, real quick. Let's touch on this uh, eyeball test years. You're trying to tell me Tammy Abraham is, quote, unquote, coming of age. Uh, what age is that? Well, he's 23. Okay. So 23 <laughs> is the age. Okay. Um, no, I... The last couple of matches, I've been, I've been kind of, I had a special, you know, kind of watch on Tammy today. Tammy can, yeah. Well, well, Tammy can, yeah. Because it, it is clear that he understands his role in a team, team of Werner. And they're both. What I think is impressive about what we've seen in the last two matches is Timo is sacrificing for the team, playing a little bit out of position on the left hand side, and that's clearly not you know, where he's most productive as a player, but you know, he's, he's doing it because of Pulisic's injury and Callum not being favored, you know, for some reason. And Tammy is making huge sacrifices to link up play so that he can get forward in an area that is more suited to his strengths. And so what you're seeing from Tammy, the last couple of matches, and I would argue that even in the last season, he started to show signs of doing this, Dan, you're seeing a more mature, better decision-making, you know, take the opportunity if it presents itself, but don't force it. You're seeing a little bit more maturity, I think, from Tammy. And it's not to say that, you know, I wouldn't, I could have scored the goal that he scored today with that cross. I mean, it was absurd, the, the Reese James cross that he put across the box, but he was in the right spot at the right time, too. You know, I think he's starting to sense the timing of these runs a little bit more. I just, I, I am very impressed. And you add into the fact, last point, you add into the fact that he's tracking back and doing really good work defensively. And he's make he's going to make it very, very hard for Frank to go, yeah, I don't see him in the team today. Well, he's made 11 appearances since the start of the season. He's on eight goals plus assists he's getting a goal contribution every 50 minutes when he plays and look when Pulisic isn't available and you have the opportunity to push Timo out to the the left wing those two can play together really well and and look you know do you maybe sacrifice a little bit of what Timo is good at to bring Tammy in yes but you're also taking advantage of Tammy being really good at holding up giving Timo an opportunity to blaze by defenders you're giving you know the you know Ziyech was able to kind of come in and collect the ball in, in space because Tammy was really holding up the the center backs in in general I mean he's just a a more complete player this year a little bit more selfless so you know maybe we haven't seen as many goals but he's also combining with the you know combined with the assist for Ziyech in the last game that we saw and you know I think got really rewarded today for his kind of commitment and determination and yes Reese James had an absolute peach of a delivery on that that ball. But you still have to be in the spot. You still have to beat a defender, beat your man to get there. And, and nobody's letting Tammy just run free. So there's a lot of muscling that has to go on there to make that happen. And 
He's just reading the game really well, Brandon. He's grown in the way that he holds himself up, you know, relative to other players. And it just generally did a great, great job today. Again, Nick talking about him coming of age, Dan talking about him growing physically. Our young Tammy is turning into quite the man. <laughs> the, the best one Tammy had was the one he didn't score. He was offsides. When he mm. was Mason hit that phenomenal, just kind of put a little draw on it and got in behind the defender. Uh, Keeper made a great save, but again, he's it's another option with Tammy, right? Like to me, that's like a Timo opportunity. It's not a Giroud opportunity. He's offering different looks like all the time. And um, all three of our strikers are different. All three of them are different. Yeah. Like yeah. it is, if you were playing against Chelsea and for some reason you got to play against all three strikers in one game, your defensive backline would would be just. Uh, confused, I think, at the end of the game because Timo's going to try and hang off the the back shoulder and and burst into space and score beautiful counterattacking type goals. Tammy is going to be a little bit more poachery. He's going to get into some fun spaces. He's tall and can jump, and he can score headers. And Giroud is going to hold the play up, deliver wonderful passes to his fellow teammates, and then score absolute bangers when he when he's called upon and. That has to be really difficult. It's not to say that we're going to have the perfect balance all the time, but it is so nice. It must be really nice for Frank to go, oh, we're playing someone new today. Who's our best striking option, right? Yeah, he can He can definitely change to prepare uh, based on who they're playing rather than just being stuck with uh, only 11 players to choose from every single week. So good to see. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick ad break. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. When we're back, talking about Clean Sheet FC potentially settled defense and then obviously we'll get into um you know kind of the 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 group as it stands and, and some predictions looking ahead so we'll be right back fellas 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be luckily our partners at manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private salon manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below the waist grooming and hygiene products and they just released their products in the uk canada and australia the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. The waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is perfect add on to the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Their perfect package comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to complete your ball trimming routine. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty free, dye free, sulfate free, paraben free, so you know your disco stick is in good hands. You're probably sitting Sitting on the couch with your hands on your balls anyways might as well keep them smelling fresh with the crop preserver ball deodorant an anti-chafing ball deodorant designed to defend against the below the waist odors when that summer humidity hits i use these to keep my balls from sticking to my legs they even use the crop reviver ball toner that is spray on toner for your testicles their foot duster foot deodorant is so good they can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet use the code london is blue and get 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com basically all i'm saying is if you love your package all all you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone, and it will change your life for the better. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE and upgrade that salon with the luxury products of Manscaped. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. 
You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right. Clean Sheet FC. You know, it's uh, it's hard to argue right now. I think the the results we've had, 3 nothing Ren, 3 nothing Burnley, 4 nothing Krasnodar, 0-0 United, 0-0 Sevilla. It's, it's a compelling argument. Obviously, you had the Southampton 3-3, Palace 4 nothing. There's a lot of zeros on the opposite side of Chelsea's results right now. And I, I tell you what, guys. What are, or I guess real quick, remember the Jimmy Floyd house bank? What if we go on and win five after United? We've done three now. <laughs> uh, we, we've done three. Jimmy, I think you might have gotten yourself a little contract extension to Sky Sports of that prediction. Um, I am so impressed at how overnight this has happened. I mean, West Brom, Southampton, you know, the shit goal against Spurs. He literally fixed this overnight, which begs the question, is it the signings or is Frank finally taking defensive responsibility serious? That's that's an honest question, Nick. Like, Is it the people that he got or is he finally dedicating enough time to it on the training pitch? Here at the London is Blue podcast, we like to have more nuanced discussions about the team. Rather than a simple A or B answer, I would say C, all of the above. The the reason I would say that, I, like, Mendy's a clear part of this, man. I, like, it's not to say that he's had a ton of work to do over the last three matches either. Um, we've dominated those matches, and frankly, I feel great about the performances. However, when you think back to United, we don't come out of that with a clean sheet of Kepa's in goal, most likely. Uh, who knows? But just kind of throwing that out there. Um, so I, I would say that Tiago Silva is a huge addition. Mendy's a huge addition. Zuma playing, I think, at a probably the highest level that we've seen him consistently is a huge addition. Chilwell, massive addition to this squad. We've talked about him at length. I think there's going to be a real competition by the end of the year for who is the best signing, and that it's going to be a hotly contested race, um, you know, which is great. But then I do think that Barry and the coaching staff have worked on the balance of the team significantly over the last few matches, Dan. And the reason I say that is we are rarely caught in a situation where a counterattack is a three-on-two or a one-v-two or whatever. We, we typically are, are holding players back so that we don't, uh, we don't give up silly goals on the counterattack. And so I think we, we talked about balance of the squad a lot early season when we didn't have it. 4-3-3 has helped. 
the spacing between the lines has helped. All of this has helped, but these are the reasons why I think we're a lot more compact. We're a lot more defensively solid. I think it, it, you're right that it is as a, even though Brandon is trying to force us into a door one, door two situation, uh, we are taking uh, not a door. We are using the escalator to elevate a conversation. Zoop. And it is not just one thing. I think, Yes, Mendy deserves praise. I think in this game, when you limit the opposition to two shots on target and Mendy really only has to make one true save in the entire game, uh, that, that's it's a really nice situation to be in when you don't give up the one true opportunity that the other team has to actually put something away. So that's good. and that But that's also indicative that we are continuing actually a trend that we had last season, which was we were limiting teams to a very, very low number of shots on target per match and just continue to let them in at a higher propensity than we should. And so that's like, that is, you know, I think when you look at how structured the line tends to be, how they tend to move as a grouping now versus individually, where there's like the, you know, one on two, two on three type of scenario where we're just outnumbered because someone's out of position which I think is a credit not just to our, our center back pairing and the responsibility that they've had, but actually our fullbacks and getting up and down the pitch. I mean, you talked about Chilwell. I'll talk about Reese James, who has been, I think, a revelation over the, you know, when he came, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, po- second half of the season before restart, struggled a little bit, came back off of the restart period, needed to get back into finding form, was really finding his footing at the end of it. And it's just, I mean, he's becoming a really complete footballer. I, I, I think what you you're also seeing is you're seeing now, Brandon. People like, well, they're they're trying to stand their man, Trent Alexander Arnold. You know, we've got the the Chelsea supporters talking about Reese, and I mean, obviously England is blessed from a, a fullback situation, right back situation for their national team. I mean, Reese is going to start making a case here that he might be the better option to start. Just keep it, keep him <laughs> under the radar. Just a case. Oh. I'm not I'm not saying he is the, the better option. I'm just saying that he is making a case for the delivery, the consistency that he's offering. And I actually think he's got a little bit more versatility than Trent has from like a positional standpoint, from his ability to stand up an individual, like just offers a he's, whole lot more in, the, in his locker. Yeah, Reese is more physically gifted. There's no doubt. I mean, if you were going to compare the two, Brandon, like it's... Physically Reese, technically Trent. Probably, but but the technically, even if you do edge it to Trent, it's not by that much. It, like, but and physically Reese is up there. Like, did we see a that spin move guy. though that Reese did outside the box today? Lost the ball. I know he lost the ball. <laughs> but like, his feet, though. That was some. That was some tight I, control. Come it's on. Good. I'm just not gonna let you get away with uh, with that one, Mr. Dormer. <laughs> Um, it very, very, I love the idea. It's very ambitious from him in that perspective, but he, he literally was like, screw it. I'm going for it. And, uh, you like to see it, but I mean, I'm not knocking him at all. You know, it, you know, Reese is much more solid and well-rounded. Trent is much more of a a specialist when it comes to that position and who the hell knows what England are going to do. But I, you know, not, not my problem right now. I just want the best defensively too. And I, and I just want, I just want Reese to, to get the the respect and the plaudits he deserves and if that means a, a prosperous england career then so be it and hopefully we've seen many a chelsea legends do it have an amazing chelsea career and uh 
and, a, and an amazing England career as far as like appearances and, and things like that. So, um, but yeah, so for those of you watching at home, Naz, six clean sheets in a row for Mendy, which is unfair to the, the rest of the defense, but uh, we'll take it in the goalkeepers unit and 547 minutes without conceding a goal from at Chelsea. And then Chelsea youth getting stuck in five straight sure. clean sheets for the first time in a decade. Studs, studs up from Chelsea youth right there. <laughs> Come Just on. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to go to the box. We're going to take a yep. look at that. Ooh. Ooh. And then Ooh, a subtle yeah. na- a subtle narrative at the end just to be like. It's a little up to Joe. Just come a little. On. Come on. We'll Don't s- at me. Sneak that one in there. All right. So the, the core of this, this fantastic run, right, is obviously Tiago Silva and Kurt Happy Zuma. Apparently they're pretty good when they play together. Squawka uh, tweeting out here that uh, Chelsea 10, everyone else nil. That's the Blues record when Tiago Silva and Kurt Zuma start together. Uh, and brick emoji because, well, I, I guess building a brick wall would be the, the the assumption there. So, yeah, when they played together, Chelsea beat Palace 4 nothing. They drew Sevilla nil nil, drew United nil nil, beat Burnley 3 nothing, beat Ren 3 nothing. Um, Dan, I'll let you go through Tiago Silva's game by numbers from Squawka, uh, and then we can we can touch on him before moving on. Yeah, uh, solid game. 94% pass accuracy, 75 touches, 7 ball recoveries, 4 out of 6 duels won, 3 clearances, 2 out of 3 aerial duels won, and 2 tackles made. Plus, he only played 67 minutes because we are wrapping him in bubble wrap. We are putting him in the bubble packaging after every match to make sure that he can start as many games as possible because our back line with him is better than our back line without him he's just he's complete he offers leadership and as long as he can be managed which frank has talked about nick you know to kind of stay healthy throughout the season um again we're gonna we're gonna talk about this throughout the entirety of the season who's the best signing every game is gonna there's gonna be shades of well maybe it was Chilwell, maybe it was mendy maybe it was silva uh you know i don't know who was in this game but silva's definitely making a case for himself yeah he's just classy on the ball man like you know you don't fear for him on the ball in the way that you do when Jorginho gets a ball in midfield and is pressed immediately Silva looks so under control all the time and of course like the unfortunate thing about Silva is we're going to look back on the mistake he made against West Brom in his first game um, on that side and go like well maybe you know that that was terrible. It's like yeah, that, but since that point, he's been flawless. I mean, there hasn't been a single foot wrong, and I, you know, you would have to imagine that 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 was a wake up call for him in the Premier League, and that he's he's likely going to wise up to some of the shenanigans. So I, I'm I'm happy for him. Obviously, he's not going to play every match. I think there's a, a just a well known admission from Frank on that, Brandon, but. It did provide Rudiger a chance to come in again, which is interesting. Way to confidently deliver that statement. Did I not? <laughs> you were like, it, it was Rudiger, right? Like, I, I didn't mess that up. I saw him. Okay. Did he stutter? Um, yeah, poor Zuma. He needs a break, too. But so I've seen a little bit of squad rotation management. By the way, when Zuma got just blasted in the hammy, how was that not a caution? Like, he just blatantly kicked a guy in the back of the leg because you mistimed your shot. Shocking. I think the Can't, follow-through might have might have done some other damage as well. Uh, well <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Fair. Uh, from the flanks, 
Chili B and Reese J because that's going to be their rap duo. Mm, no. Rolls Reese. Uh, no. Squawk of football because Ugh. they pay us to read their tweets. No, they don't. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, hashtag Jesus. sponsor. <laughs> hashtag please sponsor. Uh, this, at least it's not who scored. We're, so Reese James had 100% of his aerial duels won, eight ball recoveries, six crosses, five penalty area entries, which is a funny way to say that, and one assist. Ben Chilwell had 100% tackle success, six crosses. He also had five penalty entries, <laughs> four interceptions, and two tackles made. That's a full back pairing. I mean, they had time. They had time. They, they mm-hmm. you know, Ren were down a man for half a game. It's a lot yeah. of time. You know, obviously Ren were going to make sacrifices somewhere. They made them out wide, which makes sense. It's less uh, threatening out there, but it, you know they still did it. They still showed up. They ran so much. They were back and forth all match, providing options for you know Curtin uh, Silva, and then providing options for you know Ziyech and Werner and whoever was out there on the flanks. Um, they were just very aggressive, and I think um, just seeing the amount of energy they have. Again, I'm worried about Chilwell. In his minutes, I'm worried about Zuma. I'm worried about Werner. Um, we're going to have to see how it goes. We have Sheffield coming up at the weekend. Um, and uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. Obviously, we saw Emerson Palmieri came in, so he got to give uh, Chilwell a, a bit of a rest. Um, Asby can come in and do a fine job at right back, so at least I feel more comfortable with the cover there. Um, and I'm happy if we can play our best players in kind of the biggest matches. Uh, that's great. And, and – Looking at this settled defensive partnership, Dan, I mean, you, you think of last season, right? Aspie, mainly the right back. Reese James coming in some. Alonzo, mainly being the left back or Aspie. Looking at our flanks, the, just the this, the significance of the upgrade is mm-hmm. is amazing. Obviously, Chilwell was a massive upgrade. But again, I just have to reiterate, kudos to Reese. Like, he looks settled. He looks like he belongs, and he's still a freaking child. Well, so a couple of things before we kind of transition off of Reese. One, to effectively bench Cesar Aspilicueta from a Premier League starting 11, who I would argue is still one of the best right backs in the Premier League, that is not an easy task for any player to do. And so Reese to be doing it in his early 20s is amazing. I think he is also uh, showcasing that he is a wonderful football, you know, not just a great footballer, but he's a wonderful person on the pitch, doing a lot to raise um, funds at the moment for mm-hmm. uh, taking care of, of children or individuals who are kind of maybe going hungry with some of the, the shutdowns within the UK. So just uh, you know, if you go search on Twitter, there's uh, I think we retweeted, we retweeted it, but uh, he's got a just giving campaign where he's trying to raise some money for some local food banks. It's you know, great off the pitch activity, too. But again, it is he has cemented himself in this side, and it's nice to see, you know, in addition to to Tammy and to Mason and to Reese, that these were not single season promotions, and they are continuing to fight for and earning their spot and and being deserving of it as well. And that's a it's just it makes it so much better, you know, when you get to celebrate. You saw Tammy like give Reese that massive high five before he left the pitch and got subbed off, like how much it means to them like that you've got this like ch- you know core Chelsea identity in the squad in addition to all these world class players we brought in like this is what Chelsea used to be you know in the the kind of starting that like 0405 run 
and it feels just as I think it feels just as special as like how that started with like what we're starting to see now. Like you can see what's what's coming, you know, in the the next months or years with what we're building from foundationally here, and it's uh, it's good stuff. He's he's gonna have to continue to earn it too. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, we there are a lot of people who have written off Dave for many years now, and it would not shock me if there is a little bit of you know, pull and push from those two this year that, you know, Reese goes off the boil for a second. Dave's right in doing his thing. He'll go for a couple matches, then it'll be back and forth. And that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, Reese is Reese has the benefit of learning from one of Chelsea's best ever one-on-one defenders in his prime in real time. And Mm -hmm. the defensive side of his game is where I had questions about him last year. And I think rightfully so. He's looked a lot more solid and secure in recent matches. And I think it's probably a, the whole back line doing their thing, all the communication, everything. But him and his one-on-one defending has looked much better. And I think that's where I have to give him a ton of credit because it's a hard thing to do, um, especially when you're kind of up against tricky um, wingers and such. So I think that's good. Um, I know for a fact that Chilwell on the other side is just a smooth athlete. I, that dude is, I'm more impressed Brandon almost by his offensive capabilities at this stage than I'm defensively, but he's also great in the air defensively. He's doing all the right things. I like, I, I just, I look at his dribbling ability and I'm like, good God. I mean, if you ever got him and Christian on the same page and the same game, like, yeah, I, my head, my head's exploding. You know, yeah, he's fearless. He has no problem challenging those aerial duels, uh, Ben. Um, so, uh, you know, kudos to him. Basis. I, uh, yeah, well, you know, some people call him Benjamin. I'm not that fancy with him. Try to keep it low key, cash. <laughs> Chilly man. Uh, Chilly yeah, B. well, that's a little more for the paparazzi, but I get it. You know, but again, Reese, you're not challenging him physically. Like my, like people have come out far worse. So, um, all right. Well, look, nothing but sunshine and rainbows when you win three nothing, even if it was a, a bit of a, a var shambles or pleasantries, whichever way you want to take it. Um, but again, it, it's it's worth pointing out that another clean sheet, another big save from Mendy. That's the difference of saving points versus last season when we saved negative points. Um, there was stats to back that up. And so uh, it's just great to see. And obviously, you know, uh, I think we I think we would all agree that this back five that started the match is definitely our 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 top group. If we had to go against, you know, the Champions League final, these are the five that we would put out there for something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, speaking of Champions League finals, Dan, uh, Dan of the match and uh, group review. What did you do? How how did it go well, for you? Feeling good? It went, it went fine. Yeah, right, I think okay, uh, I think okay. people were okay with it. You know, didn't didn't get the hate. I so, think you know, people celebrate. were okay with it. <laughs> All right. So we had Tammy Abraham, Reese James, Ngoa Kante, and Timo Werner. You could have talked me into Silva being in there as well. But again, we only get four spots. The official Chelsea app gets five. Um, Timo Werner with two penalties scored gets forty eight percent of the vote. We saw 37% for Reese James, saw Angola Conte with 10%, and Tammy Abraham with 5%. I, I generally thought it was going to be Reese, so I'm a little surprised. Really? But, uh, you know, look, 
Timo getting it's great. I'm I'm okay with that scored too. Scored two goals. I mean, it's like a shoe it's, in. They were they were penalties. To be fair. Okay. Yep. Well, <laughs> I I would have had Tammy twice. much higher on this list. By the way, I thought Tammy drew a penalty. He scored a good goal. Uh, he played incredibly well and came off. And you could tell Frank thought a lot of his performance tonight with the way they were joking around. So I'm, I was pumped to see that. I will say I, I did like the moment in the match where Mason stayed down because he knew the ball was in the attacking half. <laughs> and he wanted to give them advantage, which ultimately led to Timo getting the penalty. Well done. Smart. Yeah. Very Tam- good awareness. Tammy drew a penalty in air quotes. Or Tammy drawing the penalty, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, you give him credit for that, but it's like, well, that was a gift. Again, yeah. I still am happy. I'm not telling you it was the I, right I, decision. Yeah, I, like, yeah like, I'm just... I didn't call it. I just buried it. Sorry. Um, all right. So Group E, which is, is where we reside, um, we are still on top uh, in first place. Sevilla second, Krasnodar third, poor Ren. Poor, poor Ren in fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we kind of talked about, we now have a plus seven goal difference, which is huge. Ren only have two. Krasnodar negative five. And Ren are negative four. So it's clear who's going through in this group because us and Sevilla have seven points. Krasnodar and Ren have one point. For Ren to even go on a run, and they'd have to be us, Sevilla. They have to run the gamut to, to knock off Sevilla, and a lot would have to go their way. So you can comfortably expect... Chelsea and Sevilla, we could essentially draw the next three games and be in. So, um, from where it stands, it, it looks very comfortable. Um, I wonder if it's going to get to a point where we can throw out some BC lineups against the Krasnodar and Wren in, in, the, in the opposite fixtures, yeah. right? Rest Wouldn't some players? Nice? Potentially. You, 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 effect, you effectively win the Sevilla match, and you allow yourself the flexibility of doing that. Yeah. So, again, hopefully we have earned that right to essentially not pay attention to the last couple of matches in this group. So the return fixture just goes, it goes Ren, Sevilla, and then Krasnodar. So it'll be, it'll be pretty quick here. But if you, if you lock up Ren and, and a Sevilla result goes our way, we're guaranteed top of the group. You know, that's our, that's our luxury and oh, our benefit. I, I thought we started over at Sevilla again. My mistake. Then you have to beat Ren. Mm-hmm. You beat Ren. You feel really good. You get a draw at Sevilla. It's over. Yeah, but I'm saying even if a result, if Sevilla dropped points against Krasnodar somehow, they almost did today. Yeah. Then it's done. So I'm just saying we've earned a very good place to be. At a minimum, you can rotate. Eventually, hopefully, our last match against Krasnodar. You know, we put the youth out there. Put the academy team. We don't even care. So. Um, that's the situation. All right, that's gonna wrap us up for this one, guys. Um, tomorrow you're probably listening to this on Thursday. We'll do the Sheffield United match review Friday, and then we play on Saturday. So it's again no rest. What was that four? So this is pod three of the week. I'm ready. I'm ready yep. to track. Yep. You got four coming tomorrow. We're doing the business. Dan, shout out to you for wearing the Milwaukee Blues hat. Yeah, you know our uh, friends in Milwaukee. Nice and blue. He literally tipped his cap to you. I did tip the cap. Uh, doth my cap, sir. Mm. Dothing. Wow. Doth the Vader. Don't Where forget, uh, what's the hashtag, Nick? The hashtag for entering the contest. Remind people before we leave. Really, really good um, Really good call out as I scroll to the top of the script. LIBP 500. Hashtag LIBP 500. We will accept tweets. 
and messages without this hashtag. But if you would be so kind as to put it in there, that would be great. You know, I, I think a lot of people are going to call out the last couple episodes, particularly with Brandon not being able to close out the show. So, I'm literally uh, I'm rehearsing it here. right now. <laughs> I know you are. No I'm pressure. buying you some time. <laughs> no, I need I you to no shut pressure. up so I can say it. I'm looking at you. Here we go. All right, here we All go. Right, we're done. Then you were saying something, Dan. No, we're done. You're obnoxious. This is the worst video ever. All right, Chelsea fans, appreciate you listening. As always, get involved on social media, Discord. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. We got Sheffield United coming up very quickly. Uh, you're the best part about this, but Nick and Dan, gentlemen, thank you for joining us always. Uh, but Chelsea fans, that's a wrap. You know what to do. Until next time, keep the blue flag flying high. 